श्रवनम डायरीज पॉडकास्ट हरे कृष्णा वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग टू रीड दी नेक्टर ऑफ डिवोशन द बुक बाय हिज डिवाइन ग्रेस अभय चरणारविंद भक्तिवेदांत स्वामी श्रील प्रभुपाद चैप्टर फाइव दी प्योरिटी ऑफ डिवोशनल सर्विस कंटिन्यूइंग Practically there are three processes for elevating one to the platform of spiritual consciousness. These processes are called karma, jnana and bhakti. Ritualistic performances are in the field of karma. Speculative processes are in the field of jnana. One who has taken to bhakti, the devotional service of the Lord, need have nothing to do with karma or jnana. It has already been explained that pure devotional service is without any tinge of karma and jnana. Bhakti should have no tinge of philosophical speculation or ritualistic performances. In this connection, Srila Rupa Goswami gives evidence from Shrimad Bhagavatam, 11th canto, 21st chapter, verse 2. in which Lord Krishna says to Uddhava, quote, The distinction between qualification and disqualification may be made in this way. Persons who are already elevated in discharging devotional service will never again take shelter of the processes of fruitive activity or philosophical speculation. If... one sticks to devotional service and is conducted by regulative principles given by the authorities and acharyas that is the best qualification unquote This statement is supported in Srimad Bhagavatam 1st canto 5th chapter verse 17 wherein Sri Narada Muni advises Vyasadeva thus quote, Even if one does not execute his specific occupational duty but immediately takes direct shelter of the lotus feet of Hari Krishna there will be no fault on his part and in all circumstances his position is secure even if by some bad association he falls down while executing devotional service or if he doesn't finish the complete course of devotional service and dies untimely still he is not at loss a person who is simply discharging his occupational duty in varna and ashrama however with no krishna consciousness practically does not gain the true benefit of human life unquote. the purport is that all conditioned souls who are engaged very frantically in activities for sense gratification without knowing that this process will never help them get out of material contamination are awarded only with repeated births and deaths in the fir- fifth 
in the fifth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, it is clearly stated by Rishabhadeva to his sons, quote, Persons engaged in fruitive activities are repeatedly accepting birth and death, and until they develop a loving feeling for Vasudeva, there will be no question of getting out from these stringent laws of material nature." Unquote. Hmm. As such, any person who is very seriously engaged in his occupational duties in the Varnas and Ashramas and who does not develop love for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vasudeva, should be understood to be simply spoiling his human form of life. This is confirmed also in the 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, 11th chapter, verse 32, in which the Lord says to Uddhava, quote, My dear Uddhava, any person who takes shelter of me in complete surrender and follows my instructions, giving up all occupational duties, is to be considered the first-class man." Unquote. In this statement of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, it is understood that people who are generally attracted to philanthropic, ethical, moral, altruistic, political, and social welfare activities may be considered nice men only in the calculation of the material world. From Srimad Bhagavatam and other authentic Vedic scriptures, we learn further that if a person simply acts in Krishna consciousness and discharges devotional service, he is considered to be far, far better situated, better situated than all of those persons engaged in philanthropic, ethical, moral, altruistic and social welfare activities. The same thing is still more emphatically confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam 11th canto 5th chapter verse 41, in which Karabhajana Muni addresses Maharaja Nimi as follows, quote, My dear king, if someone gives up his occupational duties as they are prescribed for the different varnas and ashramas, but takes complete shelter, mind you, complete shelter, hmm? surrendering himself unto the lotus feet of the Lord, such a person, is no more a debtor, nor has he any obligation to perform the different kinds of activities we render to the great sages, ancestors, living entities, and family and society members. Society members nor has he any need to bother executing the five kinds of yagyas, sacrifices, for becoming free from sinful contamination. Simply by discharging devotional service, he is freed from all kinds of obligations." Unquote. The purport is that as soon as a man takes his birth, he is immediately indebted to be he is indebted to so many sources. He 
he is indebted to the great sages because he profits by reading their authoritative scriptures and books. Hmm? For example, we take advantage of the books written by Vyasadeva. Vyasadeva has left for us all the Vedas. Before Vyasadeva's writing, the Vedic literature was simply heard, and the disciples would learn the mantras quickly by hearing, not by reading. Later on, Vyasadeva thought it wise to write down the Vedas, because in this age people are short-memoried and unable to remember all the instructions given by the spiritual master. Therefore, he left all the Vedic knowledge in the form of books such as the Puranas, Vedanta, Mahabharat and Srimad Bhagavatam. There are many other sages like Shankaracharya, Gautama Muni and Narada Muni to whom we are indebted because we take advantage of their knowledge. Similarly, we are obliged to our forefathers because we take our birth in a particular family where we take all advantages and inherit property. Therefore, we are indebted to the forefathers and have to offer them pinda, prasada, after they are dead. Similarly to the people in general, we are also indebted, as well as to our relatives, friends, and even animals, such as cows and dogs, who render us so much service. In this way, we are indebted to the demigods, to the forefathers, to the sages, to the animals, and to society in general. It is our duty to repay them all by proper discharge of service. But by the one stroke of devotional service, if someone gives up all obligations and simply surrenders unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is no longer a debtor, nor obliged to any other source of benefit. I really appreciate this point because... Um, you know, I really, this concept of, you know, not give and take, but more like, you know, whatever somebody does for us, that feeling of indebtedness, it's natural for human being, because human beings supposedly were supposed to be advanced, intelligent, civilized, there's no such thing as, you know, somebody does something to you and you're like a black hole which just absorbs or like a parasite, you know, living off of others and just like, just eating it up and, you know, that's it. You know, that concept of, you know, somebody did something for you, you're indebted. You're obliged to do something in return. In fact, you know, that... I don't know, you call it gratitude, obligation, indebtedness, right? So, as an animal, like no, animals, animals, like animals, they don't have that concept, they just live. 
But human being has that concept because you have intelligence, you have accountability, you have responsibility now. There is such a thing. And of course, if you are, it's a, it's a complete shelter, if you're surrendering yourself to the Lord, then you're not obliged anymore. You're not bound by that obligation that you have to postpone devotional service and repay these debts which you own. That is no longer the situation because now... What was that? Yasmin Tushti Jagat Tushtam, if I'm quoting it correctly. If you're pleasing the Lord, everyone is pleased. That's why, I don't know, I guess the biggest illustration of that um, in our modern day can be that uh, a person joining Brahmacharya Ashram and becoming a full-time devotee, just serving deities all the time. And, you know, it's society maybe, of course, right now it's in a very um, reasonable way. <laughs> it's um, reconciled with the parents, with the relatives of the person joining the ashram. It's not like... No, we're cutting all ties and Haribol. <laughs> but um, in the ultimate sense, there are devotees who just um, yeah, cut all ties and, uh, and dedicate their entire life to devotional service. But of course, you don't have to be a brahmachari to surrender to the Lord. <laughs> and... Uh, these obligations, like say to the demigods or to the forefathers, many times like this, such questions may come up. But devotees, they naturally they are offering prasadam to all living entities, mahaprasadam, and you know like all of these additional uh, rituals that would make you a human being. They're becoming unnecessary because we are already worshiping the supreme lord. But there is such a concept, you know. It's not like there was no such concept. So this is human life, right? To understand that um, if I'm not completely surrendered to the Supreme Lord and doing pure devotional service, I am indebted. But it's just that all of that feeling of gratitude and indebtedness goes to the Supreme Lord and you're just serving Him, understanding that Krishna is the source of everything. Krishna is the source of our forefathers, of the demigods, of the other living entities you're just you know serving the source doing what your natural constitutional position is but if it's not then then there is an obligation there is a indebtedness that you can't just neglect it's sinful then so okay we'll read the next paragraph because it gives oh we're finishing the chapter <laughs> okay in bhagavad gita also the lord says quote give up all your occupations and just become surrendered unto me i give you assurance that i shall give you protection from all sinful reactions unquote one may think that because he is surrendering unto the supreme personality of godhead 
he will not be able to perform all of his other obligations. But the Lord says repeatedly, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Don't consider that because you are giving up all other engagements, there will be some flaw in your life. Don't think like that. I will give you all protection. That is the assurance of Lord Krishna in Bhagavad Gita. I don't know if this has some connection with with this topic that, you know, sometimes we hesitate, we consider that we're giving up and there will be some flaws. Like, I remember that um, there was a point in my life where I one time asked, I think, Mahatma Prabhu, I told him that sometimes, you know, you have so many responsibilities and obligations and uh, you feel that, you know, sometimes you take you take away from from that time and you feel that everything will fall apart if I just withdraw myself from it and uh, say, go and uh, focus only on the holy name and chant my rounds. <laughs> and Mahatma Prabhu would be like, he, he told me, he replied that, yeah, everything would fall like in its own place. <laughs> If you do that. So. It's. We have seen it in our own life. I'm sure. I mean I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in other people's lives. That you know we hesitate. To do something for the Lord. To engage in devotional service. Because we consider that. You know we're giving up. Other engagements. And there will be some flaw in my life. Because. You know, this is more important. This is more important. This is much more important right now than, you know, than surrendering to Krishna, than focusing on my japa, than focusing on my deity worship. This is this is more important. Um, but uh, it's it's really not. <laughs> it's really not. And this is the assurance that Krishna gives. In the Bhagavad Gita, like I have experience of how um, I would be sometimes in a situation where I have no idea what to do. I have, like, say, I have some responsibilities and something very, very major, right? You know, you can have family responsibilities, you can have uh, some service responsibilities, some, you know, any responsibility. And I remember I was really, really not knowing like I was feeling I ran into like a dead end like I really didn't know how to handle everything properly and I just decided to just drop everything just go to the temple just sit in front of Radha Madhava and just chant my rounds and just pray to them so that they I don't know empower me give me some adhikar just and then as soon as I do that then I come out of the temple and then like my phone rings and somebody calls me and tells me something that they can help with this or that or something happens that everything that I was worried about before that is just gone. Like everything is really falling into place. And um, and this is really incredible. So and I, with time, such tests are actually getting more and more 
severe to my observation. Um, there's more to deal with <laughs> as age progresses and as you pick up and uh, in, in life cycle. So, but uh, it's really, really important to always, always remember, always remember this, that the Lord says repeatedly, don't hesitate. Don't consider that because you are giving up all other engagements, there will be some flaw in your life. Don't think like that. I will give you all protection, unquote. This just we really, really need to remember. That is the assurance of Lord Krishna in Bhagavad Gita. Of course, if you think about it, the Lord is the supreme, all-powerful, all-controlling. Um, and it was like, <laughs> what can be more important than Him, right? <laughs> like, there's nothing more important than the Lord. Why would we ever think that something else? But, but yeah, the power of material nature is such. Um, okay, we we have like two last paragraphs of this chapter. Let's let's see what is the conclusion. There is additional evidence in the Agastya Samhita, quote, as the regulative principles of scripture are not required by a liberated person. So the ritualistic principles indicated in the Vedic supplements are also not required for a person duly engaged in the service of Lord Ramachandra, unquote. In other words, the devotees of Lord Ramachandra, or Krishna, are already liberated persons and are not required to follow all the regulative principles mentioned in the ritualistic portions of the Vedic literature. Hmm? So we don't have to do the five yagyas to... There are many yagyas which devotees, they don't really have to do. Uh, which are prescribed for like a human being, civilized human being to perform. Similarly, in the 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, 5th chapter, verse 42, Karabhajana Muni addresses King Nimi and says, quote, My dear king, a person who has given up the worship of the demigods and has completely concentrated his energy in the devotional service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead has become very, very dear to the Lord. As such, if by chance or mistake he does something which is forbidden, there's no need for him to perform any purificatory ceremonies. Because the Lord is situated within his heart, he takes compassion for the devotee's accidental mistake and corrects him from within." Unquote. It is also confirmed in Bhagavad Gita in many places that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, takes a special interest in his devotees and declares emphatically that nothing can cause his devotees to fall down. He is always protecting them. Haribo! Jai. So, uh-huh. So tomorrow we shall begin chapter number six, entitled How to Discharge Devotional Service. Thank you so much for tuning in today. The book links 
Previous episodes, timeline, and biography of the author can be found on shravanamdiaries.com. The link is in the description, and we shall see you tomorrow. Hare Krishna, hare Krishna.